So in this episode of Talking Health Tech, we're bringing you a session that was recorded at our Talking Health Tech Spring Summit at the end of 2022. Now, this session was supported by our gold sponsors, 3M, for the event. And we talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is how you successfully implement technology into a healthcare setting. So I'm moderating this session, which you'll hear in a second, and I'll introduce those speakers after the intro. But I'm hoping that you enjoy the vibe and the insights and the collaborative nature of this session and the previous summit sessions we've released in the last week or so as well. Now, if you're enjoying these summits and want to check out the full 12 sessions that we held at our spring summit at the end of last year, consider joining as a THT Plus member. Information is at talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. There's options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup organization or a larger scale up. All of our members get free access to attend our summits live and also access the full library of over 100 sessions we've recorded at previous virtual summits as well. Now, as you're listening on your favorite podcast player, you can't see the video from this session, but I recommend you jump on to our YouTube channel and have a watch because you can see the comments that come up and see the speakers and me fleshing out this important topic. While you're there, subscribe to our channel. We're trying to build a bit of a following over on YouTube and creating more and more video content. It's worth checking out. Let's get stuck into it. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. All right, before we jump into session seven of the Spring Summit, big shout out to 3M, who are our wonderful gold sponsors for this event. They've been amazing supporters of Talking Health Tech and the community, and their contribution to these summits has always been top-notch. Make sure you visit their virtual booth in the expo section of this event if you're attending the summit live or jump over to their Talking Health Tech directory listing to learn more and see some of the previous podcasts and summits that they have appeared in before as well. So here we go, on to the next session. The successful implementation of technology in healthcare relies on the users of the technology being given the support they need to onboard the new technology to unlock the value from their investment as soon as possible, while at the same time, minimizing disruption to the user teams. This is session seven of the Talking Health Tech Spring Summit titled, Enabling Faster Engagement of Technology with Adoption Teams. I'll be moderating this discussion with Karen Sneed, Manager for Clinical Informatics and Operations at Sunshine Coast HHS. Joining Karen in the conversation is David Kim, Implementation and Adoption Lead at 3M. In the lead up to this discussion, we ran a flash poll with our LinkedIn followers and we asked, what is the best measure of a successful technology implementation in healthcare? Well, 56% of responders said the best measure is that efficiencies are gained. 36% of people said the best measure is that everyone's happier. 8% said as long as the services are not disrupted, then it's a success. And no one thought that cost containment was the best measure of a successful implementation. Let's get to the discussion and unpack it a little bit further. So there you go. It's all about the efficiencies and throw the costs out the window. Who needs a budget anyway? No, I don't think that's the lesson from, from that poll. But it's an interesting way to shape the conversation because we've got with me, I'm, I'm moderating this discussion with David from 3M, as we mentioned, and Karen. And 
looking at adoption specifically. So I'm going to actually go to both of you to give a bit more context and talk to me a little bit more about what you do and, you know, this, this, this topic around technology adoption. David, we might start with yourself. Yeah, sure. I run the implementation and adoption teams at 3M's Health Information Systems Division. So pretty much what that means is I work with the project teams uh, whenever the customer purchases the cl clinician speech tools, make sure that's set up properly. And I work really closely with the clinicians to make sure that the whole change management and the adoption pieces run smoothly. Got it. Karen, what about yourself? So I work in clinical informatics and Sunshine Coast Health Service. We sit within health information and we sit under the broader portfolio of digital health and technology within the HHS. I manage a, a medium-sized team who, which, who looks after clinical information systems for the HHS. We provide system training, support and adoption, system and record maintenance, and you know anything from access through to separation, we kind of manage. And we really, I suppose a big part of our role is that relationship management, and that's with the multidisciplinary hospital staffing base and vendors and contractors. Yeah, I see. Can you unpack that a little bit more too? Because by the way, Sunny Coast represent, I'm sure we've got a few people within the, the chat that uh, are there. I know... I saw a couple in there, actually, a couple of our THT Plus members are based up that way too. So it's the new health tech hub for Australia. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked. Okay. Um, but the point around adoption, because I guess I, I'm more familiar with, say, David's role within th this kind of health tech setting where from a vendor's side, it's in their best interest that technology is adopted. Although sometimes you, you see, it, you know, kind of just chucked over the fence and, and away you go, you do do what you like. But from your side, you know, you're in the, the healthcare delivery side and you're, you're so focused on the adoption piece. Talk to me a bit more about that role, what you do, how you think about it. Yeah. So I suppose I alluded to in my intro was, you know, that client relationship management. A key part of what we need to do is understanding the client and, you know, who they are, how they use that technology and how we can best support them through the implementation and then the adoption of those technology. So we're the central contacts for the clinical tech we manage. And we built relationships with our multidisciplinary teams to facilitate that adoption. We kind of need to think about a number of things. And I suppose some of those things are about, you know, how savvy, you know, how willing are our, you know, individual clinicians and services in that tech space and what we can do to understand, influence and support their experience. We have to consider and juggle multiple things in that relationship to support the adoption. And I think it, some of that is around change management principles. We can't just put in a piece of tech and expect clinicians to um, adopt it. So we need to have a real understanding of what will improve the patient and client care, so clients being our clinicians, and also the workplace environment and our work processes and their work processes. So we're, we're trying to provide that person or service-centred approach. You know, we've got that intimate understanding of our, you know, our clinicians and also the technology that's being implemented. And we just need to understand what the impacts to that clinical base is and how we can assist with making it better. We've got to be really flexible in delivering the technology because we have to kind of try and fit around those clinical schedules because the clinicians do have competing priorities. We also have to consider heavily the change fatigue that's been hitting the clinical space. I mean, clinicians are expected to adapt and embrace new technology quite rapidly in the um, current environment because of the technology that is coming through. So we always have to take that into consideration. And then we've just got to sell the benefits. And that can be difficult sometimes. We've tried a number of things. You know, we, we always try to pilot technology first. Then we're doing roadshows, you know, offering that kind of at elbow support, 
trying to find champions and super users, anyone who might be sitting on the fence, trying to get them on board so that they'll adopt and, and spread the word for us. But I suppose, yeah, we really do need to understand what are the long-term benefits to the individual, the patient and the organisation. And I suppose ultimately ensure that we can't, uh, we don't promise anything we can't deliver. Yeah, all very true. Because I think about, you know, look at the poll that we ran earlier, I guess they could be outcomes or goals for a particular project. And as Greg, you know, rightly pointed out in the in the chat too, it's it's obviously, you know, you need to be clear from the outset what the purpose of a of a technology implementation might be. And quite often it's going to link back to better patient outcomes or the the improving the process, the efficiency around the, the healthcare setting. But getting that buy-in is is really important. And you know, I can see Katrina in the chat has jumped on that point you made around change management principles as well. There's a few different models like the ADCAR, which I think I know a couple of those ones. I know that the the K is silent. I remember that much. Acknowledge desire. There's a silent K and then there's a reinforcement at the end. There's other ones in there too. Katrina can, can let me know. I probably could have Googled it as well. But look, I, I'd like to go to to David on that one because thinking about then for, for clinicians specifically as a as a vendor, it's really important for you that clinicians, you know, uh, have that that buy-in that they're critical to a to technology implementation and ongoing use. What are some of the important things that you consider when you're um, putting some of these projects into to get that buy-in with clinicians? Yeah, when I, when it comes to clinicians buying, I think it mainly has to do with winning a game of hearts and minds. Um, in many cases, when the decision to purchase these speech technology tools is made, it's typically made with a really small group of executives or clinicians. So when the, when the time comes for change and implementation and the go live, this massive change in how the clinicians work um, is a big change for them. So that can lead to a lot of frustration, which it typically does. So you tend to hear things like, um, this doesn't work for our department, or we do things differently in this department, which is a very valid point. So I think we need to get the clinicians um, involved from the very beginning, especially when this whole discussion is kind of being made, just so that they feel like, especially with all these different departments that are coming on board and the departments that are going to be using these tools, they feel like if we get them involved early, they feel like that they've been heard and that they've been part of the journey from the very beginning. Because the worst thing that can happen for the clinician is just being told, this change is coming, you're going to have to deal with it. But in the end, as long as each of the clinicians from all the different departments and the speech tools will be used differently across all clinicians and all departments, but as long as they've, you know, they've felt like their opinions are heard, their input was put into consideration when the whole planning was done at the beginning, I think that will lead to a better and more harmonious uh, relationship between the vendor, the clinicians, and just the overall project. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients, or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. 
Companies can bring team members into the community. Plus, you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member. You can post content like news events and jobs. And of course, we love to showcase our members. So when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members. It's literally the heart of everything we do. So consider joining as a THT Plus member. You can join anytime online. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. And that's really important too. And, and you hear that often and you think about your own setting, about that, that, that example you said, you know, well, we do things differently in this department or you don't understand, it's just different here. And it can be easy if you've done a few where you're like, oh, okay, well sure everyone says that but that that comes from a legitimate point of like yeah like there's that that's the the clinician's perspective the use the end user's perspective on on where it is and if you don't get that buy-in then trying to convince them through force is not going to happen so some of those change frameworks or or the the point around listening like you say and and trying to really understand that workflow is pretty important and thank you for thank you katrina for for pointing out the the actual acronym for for ADCAR and uh, that's that's there in the chat too, the awareness, desire, knowledge, ability and reinforcement. So, you know, getting those pieces in place and guiding through is important. But there's many more stakeholders in health as we know than just the clinicians and particularly in a hospital and health system in a hospital setting, Karen, a few different stakeholders there, a lot of people to keep happy. How mm-hmm. do you keep them all happy? <laughs> communication, communication, communication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, it's key. Uh, communication is very key to all stakeholders, whether it be our clinicians, our vendors, our executive, everyone has to be kept in in the loop so that we we can ensure that everyone's happy. We do aim for that kind of hypercare approach in the delivery of you know significant tech, especially that change that includes you know responsiveness and understanding their business and how the technology best fits within what they're doing on a day to day basis and customizing wherever possible to the individual or to those smaller groups needs. We try to understand individual clinicians and clinical services as a whole so that we can understand how they use a technology and what can we do and the vendor do to streamline their experience. How can we tailor that tech to their needs if possible? With our current implementation with 3M, we have been able to customize and improve efficiency around working smarter using standards and templates, um, pre-population of um, standards. So you know, doctors could, you know, have a standard that is a full letter or paragraph or even words that they can insert into the body of their their document. Um, and this doesn't need to be dictated every time, you know, because they're universal, you know, I suppose a, a something really, really insignificant, but maybe, you know, the, the treatment of an ingrown toenail. So, you know, each time that treatment is the same and the follow-up instructions are the same, but it can all be cut and paste and, you know, not cut and paste, um, that template can be inserted um, so it just makes everything that little bit more streamlined and, um, easy for the clinician. Also shortcuts and improving individual dictionaries that are specific to services like pediatrics or general surgical, it really improves that end user experience. So we're always looking for more ways to be able to do that because ultimately, especially with this particular implementation, it was about how we get those letters out to the, the primary healthcare providers and patients quickly. I suppose also, you know, Upfront, we give them some initial training, but then we've kind of really gone with that hypercare, offering support at the elbow in their own environment. So using tech as they're working so that we understand what what it is they're doing and what we can do to make their experience better or, you know, assist in that 
kind of high pressure environment, it just allows us better to understand better and support more robustly. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned hypercare a couple of times and, and from what you've, you've mentioned, it's, you know, like, you know, being, being there basically next to them and, and they're, they're elbow to elbow and, and being quite hands-on. Is that what that is? Is like in that early stage? Yeah, there? definitely. And I, it may seem like a significant outlay of resources, but it sets us up really, really well for light touches once we've kind of got over that initial implementation because we've empowered the clinicians to um, embrace the technology and we've been there to support them through it. David, do you find that's a, a, a consistent kind of model in other health systems that you work into is that those that have that investment into that early piece, that hypercare component usually yield some better results and get better buy-in? Yeah, definitely. Because with, with a big change that kind of comes in your way, at least for a clinician, um, that's kind of the big thing that's, you're thinking about that all the time. You're used to working a specific way and all of a sudden they're uh, introducing these new speech tools that are supposed to make your lives easier. First of all, some people may have their doubts, some people may be excited, but when that change is coming, that's fresh on your mind. So if you invest in that piece very early, so for the people who embrace that new technology, it's pretty easy, right? They're really excited about it. They have a good mind about it. They're pretty positive about the change. So those people are pretty easy to adopt because they've already had this positivity towards this change for the new tools. But the ones who are kind of on the fence, and especially the ones who are really resistant to it, when that change is somewhat forced upon them, you really want to take advantage of that hypercare situation, just because if you can switch, especially the ones who are kind of on the fence, to be a little bit more positive, all the clinicians talk, um, and that's probably your best resource in terms of adoption, having the clinicians kind of talk amongst each other and saying really good things, saying, this is what I'm doing to you know, help my workload, or this is what, how I'm using the tools, because with these tools, there's so many different features and functions. Not everyone is going to take advantage of all of them, right? We want to try and find the features and functions of these tools that are supposed to make their lives better, suitable for each individual clinician, and that's not a one piece fits all. So uh, definitely yeah. hypercare is, is very important from the very early in stages, and you want to invest a lot of that energy and adoption into that. Well, that kind of ties to the point that, that, that Karen mentioned before, but also what, what Roy put in the chat too, where I guess if you, if you call it the preventative health of, of adoption and having a good adoption experience of technology, you, you want to have a good understanding of the customer, if you like thinking from the vendor's point of view. Um, but, you know, he pointed out here that, or, or is there always challenges despite fit for purpose solutions? So, yeah, I mean, every, every healthcare setting feels like it's, particularly in hospitals, I feel like no two tech implementations are the same, right? And that, you know, Karen, you me you mentioned the, you know, the fact you've got templates and, and everything, but Sometimes that might not be, how do you, how do you balance the, the fact that every implementation is different, but also at the same time, there's probably some similarities. I suppose, I mean, even though each implementation is different, we have key commonalities and I suppose that's that customer relationship management again, you know, because we can carry those similarities through every implementation and the relationships and that understanding of what areas need and we can assist with, we can have thought about that all up front. So it definitely assists us through the different implementations. I mean, we have to do our due diligence, researching and monitoring these new technologies and asking the right questions of the vendors, knowing our clients and what their needs are. It all makes it just that little bit easier. We have to look at other health services. Are they using that technology? What were their key lessons learned? Did the technology meet their expectations? Were any necessary integrations seamless? And how did those clinicians adopt and adapt in those health services? It just makes it a little bit easier because I suppose if we can't make it easier, faster and smoother, what is our selling point? 
to the mm. clinician and to our clients. Just think, there's also other things, you know, we can ensure, you know, that peer engagement. It's the word of mouth. I mean, a doctor speaking to another doctor or a nurse speaking to a nurse is so much more impactful than the vendor reaching out or even us because we have the relationships, but that peer word of mouth is the key to really getting that adoption across the line. Clinicians respond best to clinicians. So we identify services at the beginning that may adopt better and faster. So that word of mouth kind of gathers momentum. It's like the proverbial rock rolling down the hill, collecting moss. But we also have to have leadership on board because it makes, you know, if it's being driven from the, the top down as well, but sometimes that kind of, we need to have those really robust discussions pre-implementation to understand what their needs or thoughts of the needs are and what key pain points may need to be considered so that we can have a plan around that. Also, you know, presentations, do your road shows, going around talking to people, telling them what, what's happening, selling the product. Clinicians are becoming very au fait with systems due to the constant change. And that can be a real positive as they are adaptable and often savvy with picking up the new tech. But unfortunately, it comes with that double-edged sword where change fatigue can be our enemy. So we really need to be thinking of everything up front or wherever, as much as we can up front so that we can support them through the implementation. And look, I mean, as doctors then move around the organisation, all those skills that they've picked up the knowledge goes with them. So we're, we're just continually keeping the ball rolling. Absolutely. And look, at that, that point you raised around you know, having clinicians and getting that buy-in from leadership, clinicians doing the leading, it, it ties nicely to Melissa's point, you know, that she's seen a lot of success when health providers have a multidisciplinary team, CCIO, that's leading a change, digitally skilled clinicians, leading design teams shifting the power and control to the people who know the business the best. So that that's totally aligned with what you've, you've just said there, David, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, this, this hyper care stage where, you know, okay, so we agree investing up front in that adoption piece is really important and thinking about those things, especially in this current climate of constant change and change fatigue. So if you do a half-baked implementation, then that's probably going to impact the next one, not just that particular one you're doing. Once you're out of that stage, how do you actually get out of that hypercare stage, which is not sustainable, like having someone physically there all the time. How do you go about getting to that point where you can you can let go a little bit and let them let them run free? Yeah. So kind of what we were talking about or what Karen was saying earlier around that peer-to-peer relationship, I think that's a extremely underrated tool that we need to really take advantage of because typically when vendors come in, um, they have all these, all the data, all the tools, all the um, training collateral, and you have people that are kind of spending time with them. But I, I can... You know, I've been doing this for a while and there's many, many doctors where in the beginning you approach them, I don't want to use it, I don't plan on using it, and that's just kind of the answer that they give you. It's very hostile, and it's very reactive, but when you are able to get someone that they work very closely with, especially, you know, someone that they really respect, someone that they spend a lot of time with, and there's someone that might have been on the fence or maybe there is someone that embraces new technology and you're really able to get them happy, they will... I mean, the, these doctors talk all the time. So when they're, when they're talking to each other, it's constant reminders of, hey, you know, I've been doing this. It's, this is, you know, X, Y, Z. That's how this tool has made my life easier. This is what I'm doing for these types of reports or these types of uh, letters that I'm doing. Why don't you try it out? And so, tip, you know, over time, you're just kind of chipping away at a rock. And under that rock, you might find a diamond. And when that person who kind of flips over from being very negative and kind of wants to dabble in it a little bit, 
we found some of these users to be some of the most successful and uh, the ones who provide a lot of feedback. So that part is really good. Uh, I think that's a very underutilized tool to really focus on the champions of the doctors, kind of like what Karen mentioned, because once they are a champion, they're really engaged. Um, and the second you get a very engaged doctor, that's where you have a lot of positive results because it's just a trickle down effect. Kind of like when, you know, there's people always say when you go to a restaurant, it's a really great restaurant and, and you had a good time, the food is decent, everything was good. You tend to not leave a good review, but if you have a bad experience, you typically write a review. I think it's kind of opposite with clinicians. When something is really good, they want to tell everyone. They want to kind of just yell it at the top of their lungs because we've seen a lot of these situations where doctors who have embraced the technology and have been engaged, they just, you know, they're, they're pretty much the voice for us. We probably mm -hmm. don't even need an adoption team at that point because the doctors are doing all the work for us. And sometimes the, the good thing about this is they actually teach us cool um, tips and tricks as well. So, I mean, we're supposed to be these experts, but then these are the ones, these are the doctors who are using it all the time and they actually teach us this is actually a, a better workaround than what you've shown us. And that's, you know, that, that creates a very collaborative relationship. Um, and what we're trying to do, at least on the adoption side, is that we don't want a relationship where people say, where doctors say, I don't want to use this. This is not for me. I really hate this. We want to create a relationship where they're saying things like, I'm working with 3M on this, or 3M and I are working on a solution. You know, they're having their teams look at it for me. Um, we want to create that kind of collaborative relationship, collaborative response. And I think once you're able to establish that with the doctors, then it's happy days. I tell my kids that they, it's not that they don't like broccoli. They're learning to, learning yeah. to like it. So, um, that could be, that could be an approach, but no, I, <laughs> but I can, I can see Roy has also mentioned, you know, like, and this is what we're speaking to right now, that how do you deal with those, those anti-adopters, I guess is what is one term because they exist despite all of that, you know, Karen, anything else you wanted to add to, to what, what David's mentioned? No, look, I, I just really think, you know, that short-term pain, you get the long-term gain and whatever that is, it, it's about getting out there, getting amongst it, empowering the clinicians, empowering their decision-making. And if you can get that ball rolling, it just starts, the impetus is amazing um, because, you know, word gets out there and it really does make a difference to the adoption. They don't like it yet. There you go. That's uh, as Sarah's also put it there. Look, I can see some other great questions in the chat there, but I can't believe that we've just nearly hit time. Maybe some final kind of thoughts too. We could, we could continue to, to talk, but any final thoughts for, I'll go Karen and then David for, because we, it looks like we've got a good amount of people interested in this topic around technology adoption from either side. Any final thoughts? You've, you've summed it up nicely. Yeah. Or I guess my final thoughts is all this new technology that's kind of getting introduced. It's just getting better. It's also getting a lot more complicated. Uh, these tools were created to make doctors' lives a lot better, a lot less painful. Um, you know, we talk about burnout a lot. It's supposed to reduce burnout, but in reality, sometimes it actually does the opposite, I think. And so what can we actually do to make the tools useful in a way for the doctors to actually use it in a way that they were designed for? Going back to what I said earlier around with all these features and functions, you're kind of overloaded with options, right? So when you present a doctor with all these things you can do with it and this is supposed to make your life better but they only care i mean most doctors i would say 95 percent of the doctors that i work with they only care about maybe 20 percent of it right because everything else maybe a little bit more but everything else is just bells and whistles a lot of things that um, maybe doctors who are really tech savvy want to um, kind of break and pull apart so having this adoption team whether it's for a short term medium term long term um, especially in the short term with that hyper care approach um, just getting them very empowered to just be self-sufficient, be confident, um, establish that 
a solid and harmonious relationship with the vendor and with the project teams, I think is, is key to just making sure that we start off um, with everyone being positive rather than just being reactive and, and hostile and going, eh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. David, I couldn't, I couldn't have summed it up better. There's some great perspectives I see in the chat there that, that resonates a lot as well. I'm sure we'll keep the conversation going and it ties on nicely to some other sessions that we've got today, but we're going to have to leave it there. David and Karen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.